From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MVW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Friday afternoon edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio. This morning, we uh, had a little bit, little bit of a change of plans. we got stuff going on. We're going to bump our next uh, movie review to next week. And instead, something a lot more time-sensitive, a lot better for uh, the community at large. Oxford Mayor Robin Tannehill joining the show here in a couple minutes when we uh, pay a couple bills and talk about our sponsors and hope you can uh, help those guys out in the process as well. So Robin will be with us probably in less than five minutes or so. And uh, we'll tell you about the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Again, the Oxford Crystal next door. Take advantage of the uh, the carryout, the, the drive-through, those options with everything going on locally and uh, nationwide and worldwide, frankly, right now too. So take advantage of what they have to offer you there with the Oxford Exxon the Oxford Crystal. Still got to get, get good gas, still get great gas prices, courtesy of the Speed Pass Plus app, the Mobile Rewards Program, and more. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call the number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and uh, the rest is up to you. Um, I don't know. We'll tell you about this for a while. Next time you're in the market for a car, just get a quote. It does us a favor. Um, it also gives you a chance to find out what I've been telling you about when I tell you that Corey wants to be your truck guy and he wants to be your car guy and he'll prove it to you because he will. Um, going to get exceptional service, a level of service that I really, it's hard to get anywhere else. And, uh, Corey wants to take care of you. So again, 662-257-1900, Robin Tannehill and other guests join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Kind of, again, we you're going to hear this a lot, I guess, from us over what I hope is a short period of time, but who knows? Uh, when we get back to normal, remember people like Rafters and how they stood up, stepped up for the community. And um, they um, it's a great place to go when we get sports back. Hopefully we get lots of sports back all at once. be a great place to go watch a lot of different sports, have a few beers, enjoy some company. Uh, those of you who detest social distancing, you can, uh, you can stop and you can social gather at a place like Rafters Music and Food. It's on the square in Oxford. Those who detest social distance. Yeah, I mean, I keep telling people, man, this is like no adjustment at all for me, but I, I do feel for all the people in my house who are uh, dealing with it because it is a hell of an adjustment for, for them, and it's been hard. So uh, let's go ahead. We'll get Robin right now. If you're in the uh, if you're in the live stream, just chill. You one saw second. that number I sent you, right? I did, yeah, okay. yeah. So we're going to get her on. be back hopefully within a, a minute or so here on the podcast. Robin Tannehill joins us on the show. Uh, Robin, thanks for spending some time with us. I, I gave you, I think, about 10, 15 seconds of notice, and you were kind enough to do it, so uh, thanks. <laughs> hey, that, that's how we're rolling these days, Neil. What's this? Uh, I mean, you know, I was watching the president's press conference today, and I've seen governors in other states and stuff, and I know it's different for you as a, as a, as a mayor of a city, but what is, how has this changed uh, your day-to-day activity as, as mayor? 
Well, it has, everything else has kind of come to a screeching halt, you know. I mean, it is, we've completely turned our focus into the COVID-19 pandemic, you know. We are trying to figure out any way we can to keep our citizens protected and informed and help our small businesses chart a path to um, receiving any SBA assistance that they can and focusing on um, just putting some policies into practice that, that are new. Um, I know you've got you've got young people, roughly the age of of my young people. Uh, yeah. Staying staying at home and not getting out is a a very difficult thing to ask of eighteen year olds, nineteen year olds, seventeen year olds. No I mean, it, it's just not the way they're wired, and I get it completely. Right. What What are you telling yours about social distancing and all of that? And then what are you telling people in the community about? you know, how we can go about not spreading it and, and uh, maybe getting to the other side of this quicker than, than otherwise. Absolutely. You know, it is, it's not something people want to hear, but it is critical right now for us to distance ourselves from other people. You know, I've heard so many folks, especially in that younger student age group, say, oh, but if I get it, I'll be fine. You, you may be, but think about somebody besides yourself for a minute and think about the fact that you may, um, in fact, the person that is working the cash register at Kroger, the person you passed in produce, and they may die from it. And I don't even say that to be overly dramatic. That's that's really where we are. That's yeah. how critical this issue is. You know, we had our first case confirmed in Lafayette County yesterday. And while that was the first, you know, positive confirmation that we had, we know it's everywhere, and there are not an adequate number of tests for us to be able to test everyone that would like to be tested. My understanding still today is that the only people who are being tested at the hospital are those who require hospitalization. So we are continuing to see in clinics and at the hospital people coming in who have symptoms. The symptoms are being treated. Here's this for your cough. Here's this for your fever and, you know, aches and pains. But since there is no medicine to prescribe, for COVID-19 and the person doesn't need to be hospitalized, they are sent out without a test because you wouldn't do anything different if you knew they had it. So anyone that comes in is being, you know, told that they need to go and self-quarantine. Um, so, you know, I don't feel like the number, at it was one yesterday. We have been told by numerous people today that they know of other positive tests, but that has not been confirmed for us either from Baptist Hospital or the Mississippi Department of Health. All Although I suspect it's true, we don't have that confirmation. So right now, Lafayette County still stands at only one that has received positive confirmation. But, you know, it is everyone's responsibility in this community to social distance themselves. And, you know, this is not, it, it's not one of those where you want everybody to be panicked and lock themselves in their houses and what have you. Uh, Jeff Dennis yesterday, Dr. Dennis was um, in my office and we did a video. And one of the things that he shared was that it's a great time for you to walk outside, for you to go to a park and walk on a trail, for you to go to the Whirlpool trails, enjoy some outside activity six feet apart. You know, I mean, go out and get some fresh air, just, you know, but you cannot ride in cars together. You should not go to parties with groups. You should not go into dining facilities or stores with large groups. And I really believe, you know, the truth is our community will will return to normal. We will. But the level of social distancing that our citizens, uh, you know, will adhere to is going to determine when that happens. 
Let me ask you a few things, go over a couple of rumors. Maybe you can either shoot sure. them down. Um, there's, there's, it got out yesterday. My mother sent it to me this morning. Just, there's a lot of people out there that are hearing, you know, total shutdown here in the next, sometime this weekend. The president was asked about it. He said, no, there's no, no national shutdown coming. To your knowledge, at this point, is there any massive shutdown locally, statewide that, that's coming soon? To my knowledge, no. You know, what I have prefaced everything, every statement I've made with is this is changing on the hour. Right. You know, I mean, in the beginning it was changing by the day, then it was by the hour, and now it's probably about every 15 minutes. That's just, that's just an honest answer. No, our board has not had any conversation about shutting down all businesses. Now, I've had a number of phone calls from people saying, hey, I have a daycare, I have a hair salon, or I have, you know, a store, you know, do you recommend that I shut down? And from a personal standpoint, after all of the experts that I've talked to from the CDC, the Mississippi Department of Health, listening to President Trump's press conferences with his White House officials that are studying this all day long, I think the compassionate, responsible thing to do right now is close. I do. But our board is not has not had a conversation as of today, um, you know, regarding any um, community-wide effort to close businesses down. I've gotten that question about 150 times today. So you're right. It is running rampant. But and I didn't think I was the was first to ask. Yeah. <laughs> One person was so specific. They said, so Monday at noon, the whole town shuts down, right? I was like, um, I hope not. But, um, you know, that that is a rumor. I have heard nothing from the governor's office. I certainly can't speak for what measures they are putting in place. I know several other states have made that decision. And if our governor makes that decision and thinks it's in the best interest of our state, then certainly we will get in line. How difficult is that balance of trying to you know, keep the economy stimulated to whatever level you can while also having the ability to, you know, like you said, you know, curfews and different things. And if it came to that, go those directions to try to keep people as safe and you know, almost kind of safe from themselves, if you will. That's right. That's right. And that's, that is the most difficult balance in this town where small businesses are the backbone of our community. And so we weigh, you know, we've got on this one side, the small businesses that employ the majority of the citizens in Oxford that are the backbone of this community and our economy, and they desperately need customers. And we balance that with a densely packed community of citizens who desperately need to distance themselves. So it is, you know, it's hard to find a lot of common ground there, but we've done the best we can in trying to promote curbside um, delivery and drive-through options. A lot of our businesses are getting very creative with that. If you drive around the square, you'll see some have some tents set up outside for the curbside delivery that are lit up, and you know people are coming out with some creative menus. And our local local delivery companies, you know, will certainly benefit from this change. Um, it, does that make up? At all for the major hit that they are all going to take financially. It doesn't, but we, we are in hopes that it helps in some small way. It also, you know, they are providing a service to our community. Not everyone has stocked up on groceries. So there are a lot of people that still are counting on our food industry to our restaurant industry for their meals. So, you know, it's, it's kind of twofold. We, we hope that those creative ways of staying open in this very strange time will both allow them to have a little bit of income and will serve the people who need that for their dining options. 
I catch myself just making sure that I say stocked up on therapy juice. As long as I have enough of that, I think maybe that's right. Well, you know, if we decide, <laughs> and with me as mayor, the chances are very, very slim that um, we will decide that the therapy juice has to be cut off. But if so, I'll call you with a code word. Thank you, God. Yeah. So you can go. Yeah. The duck flies at night, Neil. Okay. <laughs> if I hear that, I'm, I'm in line. That's right. You'll know. Uh, a serious question. Not that that was not serious, because unfortunately it somewhat was. But a, a serious question. What are you hearing about? getting enough tests so that when someone has what they believe is symptoms when they get to hospitals and i i know this is not your area of expertise when you ran for mayor you were not thinking about becoming a a pandemic expert but what are you what are you hearing about you know the availability for people to get tested so that in the in the event that they have it Sure. I've asked that question repeatedly of our um, health care providers and our hospital administrators. And, you know, they have put in orders for tests. Right now, there are several clinics in town and um, different offices, internal medicine and others, that have some tests available. They, as my understanding, are still trying to utilize those on people who are um, not only symptomatic, but are severely symptomatic, so that they know that they are being able to test the folks who need it the most. Um, and the hospital the same. It is my understanding that there should be more tests available in the coming week or two. And at that point in time, and this is really for Baptist Hospital, not for the mayor of Oxford, but the uh, I understand that there will be, you know, some plans in place to be able to offer mass testing, not just, you know, go to the emergency room or go to a clinic. I know that plans will be in place as, as that need presents itself and as tests become available oxford has a fairly new really new beautiful hospital how how close to if at all uh kind of being overwhelmed is it right now you would have to ask them, Neil. I, I know that they have plans in place. I don't know how many folks are in the hospital right now okay. compared to the number of beds that we have. I don't know those exact numbers. Um, I will tell you that I know the hospital has backup plans for other facilities, including the surgical center and the diagnostic center. You know, there are some other health care facilities that have patient rooms and are fully equipped to be able to handle people. So I know that those are, you know, part of their backup plan. So our citizens should know that the hospital is very much planning ahead, and I think they have certainly put measures in place even further than that that I'm not privy to, but I know those will be the immediate backup plans. You know, our our city leaders and county leaders came together in February. Actually, February the 27th was our first meeting where we started talking about, okay, this, is, this pandemic looks like it may be something that hits every community, so let's get some plans in place. And at that point in time, um, we had had one um, person take over putting together an infectious disease operations manual and met with every department head. So we have had a plan in place for every department as we move from low to medium to high severity and how every department will respond because, of course, quite a few city departments are essential services. We can't stop picking up garbage. We can't stop fixing sewer and water lines that break. We certainly can't provide, can't stop providing emergency response services. So, you know, there there are a lot of a lot of areas where the show must go on. You can close the activity center and close M Trade Park, and you know what I mean. There are some things that aren't essential 
services, but um, for the most part, your city employees are, are still clicking along and, and making things happen that keep our community safe and taken care of. So we, we started putting those pieces in place and talking to school officials and hospital officials. So although there are a whole lot of things you just can't see coming in this situation, we have as city and county leaders been having those conversations for a month or so. I know you were careful to say that you weren't canceling Double Decker, that you were just postponing it. Um, do you you have, know that breaks my heart. Oh, I know it did. I know it was a very difficult decision. It involved a whole lot of people, you know, beyond just just the immediate people who were impacted. But it, sure. when you when you try to reschedule that, do you is do you have a sense of of? I know you've heard this question a lot, and this is way above your pay grade, mine, and everybody else's. Do you get a sense as to if? We are able to, you know, do what we're being asked to do and socially distance and all that kind of thing. Do you get a sense as to when it's even realistic that we would all be able to gather for something along the lines of double-decker again? Um, I wish I had a crystal ball, but, you know, I will tell you that we are being encouraged by people that are a whole lot smarter than I am and dealing with this situation from the front lines that if people will, in fact, follow the social distancing and just rigorous hygiene that is being recommended by both the CDC and the different departments of health, that we would hopefully be looking at a two- to four-week curve on this pandemic rather than a you know, six- to 12-week curve. And so that is our hope that our citizens will embrace, you know, this is an economic pandemic as well. And and our goal is to have Oxford, Mississippi up and running and ready for business as quickly as we can safely do that. So we're asking citizens to make hard decisions right now that hopefully will shorten the time that we have to be, you know, following all these precautions. Amen to that. It's and man, it's going to be a good festival when it happens. <laughs> we are going to have a lot to celebrate. You know, I mean, I, and the one thing, there are always some, there are always unintended consequences to everything, as, you know, I have learned very much over the past three years. But there are always some rays of sunshine as well. And, you know, it has been so encouraging to me. Let, well, let me back up first and say the people that work for the city of Oxford are the finest people you will ever find. I am telling you, my team of professionals from every department, from my chief operating officer, Bart Robinson, I should say, runs this place, not me anyway. I get to take credit for a whole lot of stuff that he um, is way smarter than me and figures out. But from our city clerk and HR director, my assistant, Kara Giles, has put in every hour that I've put in, our director of um, environmental services, and of course, our police chief and fire chief, our emergency management director, Jimmy Allgood. These people are living this 24 hours a day and quickly changing on a dime to alter our plans as we go along. But the citizens of Oxford are like none other. People ask me all the time, what's the secret sauce about Oxford? What is, tell me about Oxford and why is it so successful? And, you know, there are a whole lot of communities that have tree-lined streets and thriving downtown business districts and great public schools and a lot of the things, and cool colleges and beautiful campuses and all those things. But the difference in Oxford's the people. 
that's what you can't replicate anywhere else. And we are a community of people who step up to take care of each other. We have seen it time and time again with tragedies in this community that when things get tough, man, Oxford shows out. And it has just been so heartwarming to me to see restaurants like Rafters the other day. Instead of trying to figure out, okay, let me do this and and I'm going to close and I'm going to do this and this, he cleaned out all of his food inventory and gave away 150 free meals. Today, Southern Craft and um, Giles McPhail have partnered to give away 100 free lunches. I think it was 100. I may have gotten the number wrong, but I believe it was 100 free lunches today at 1130. Um, I have city employees who are volunteering to man the pantry so that that service does not close for our citizens. We have 15 or 16 churches, I think, now that have signed on that are do. We have what we're calling hashtag serving Oxford. It's a hotline that people in Lafayette County can call at 662-238-2793. And um, if they are self-quarantined or quarantined because they're ill or just in that age range that they um, prefer to not get out and about, they can call and we will pass that along to different churches who are volunteering each day to offer uh, pharmacy pickups, grocery pickups, pet food pickups, different things to help people shelter in place. Um, we have different businesses all over town who are finding ways to take care of members of our community, and it's just heartwarming. Um, John Currents with City Grocery is serving people through his Move On Up um, uh, foundation that he has. Our school districts have both found ways to feed kids who are dependent on school breakfasts and lunches. It's just amazing to me to see all of the ways that our community reaches out to serve people. And it's just, we live in an incredible place. And I'll be really excited for the day when we can all stand out on the square and not stand six feet apart and maybe <laughs> high five and hug and go, man, that was terrible. But, yeah. you know, people shined through it. I've told my kids, I'm sure you have too. I said, this is this is going to be a, whatever, however long this lasts. This is, this is kind of their... Uh, you know they don't remember 911 they weren't they either were infants or they right. weren't born yet this That's is right. this is what yeah. they're going to remember they're going to be telling their when we're long gone they're going to be telling their grandkids about this they are you're exactly right. And, you know, some of the beautiful things that happen, it, it's easy to see the, the hard stuff here. And there is so much hard stuff. The the heartbreak of businesses having to close. And, you know, I just pray that landlords will work with these businesses and also realize that their neighbors need help right now and, you know, find ways to be creative and helping these businesses stay afloat during a time where they have no income. You know, I've had numerous questions about can't you tell the landlords to not charge rent well no that's not really how that works but I sure hope that and I believe that we have people in Oxford that care about our business community and that will be supportive and understanding through this time and I, and you're right it it is an absolute disaster for so many people but I've also heard stories of people saying it's the first time that I've sat with my kids in the den and talked for however many hours you know yeah, it's the yeah. I'm watching kids you know, families get to know each other again without, as you know, out the crazy schedules that we all have to maintain. Now, does that make this okay? I'm not making light of any of it, but there, we've all got to find some positives yeah. here as we go through this together. 
struggling together, taking care of each other, helping people we can where we can. And, you know, we, like I said, I, yesterday I shared that we had the one positive case. There will be more. We yep. know that. Um, but these are our neighbors, and these are people that need to be taken care of, and, and that's what we're going to do. You and Ray streaming a, a new show or anything? Are y'all like binging something now? That <laughs> well, I have been. We are not TV watchers, and so I shouldn't say I have been. I haven't watched TV in a week, other than you know CNN and um, breaking news stories. But um, prior to that, I loved to iron. And I love to iron and watch TV, and I started Scandal, and I'm, you know, hoping that I get to catch up on that a little bit at some point in time. So, I mean, it feels like, you know, it's only been a week or so since this thing really started. It feels like it's been eight months. Are you sure? Yeah, I know, it's, it's crazy. But over the <laughs> next... It's been a year Yeah, over the next 48, 72 hours, what, what are you kind of monitoring? What's sort of the really short-term thing that, that, that is kind of being addressed or being looked at right now? Because it does, it feels like everything's changing every 18 hours or so. Right, it does. And and I feel like, you know, we, I, I called our director of Visit Oxford this morning, and um, I found out that there um, was an effort in southeast Louisiana, actually the director of the United Way from southeast Louisiana, um, tweeted me this morning and said that they had put in place something to help raise money for the hospitality industry employees who were laid off during this time, and they were coordinating that with the United Way. And so I called our tourism director, um, Visit Oxford director, Kenny Ferris, and said, hey, here's a way that we can serve our hospitality industry folks during this time. So she called and discussed with him, and he's sending out, um, he is sharing with her and with our United Way ways that that can happen but um, in the in the meantime until we can push out information about hopefully establishing a similar hospitality fund um, if you go to visit Oxford's website you can find where they are listing um, how you can give virtual tips on Venmo and several restaurants have set up GoFundMe. So if anybody is motivated to try to help out our service workers who desperately need us, they're the people that make this tourism town go round. Yeah. And um, they are struggling. And I'd give anything if there was a way to um, to help them more. But we are um, on top of all that we can be on top of as far as finding ways to help these small businesses as we start to come out of this terrible time. And um, we actually declared a state of emergency um, last Friday before the state even declared one. Hattiesburg and Oxford both declared one that Friday. So that puts us in line first to try to receive some of the funds that will be available. And we are, um, we've already been pushing out. Anyone that's interested that's a small business, go to um, sba.gov or to oxfordms.net and you will see where you can um, find the forms that need to be sent in. Also, another number that might be helpful, the Mississippi Department of Health has a 24-hour hotline for people that have questions and about COVID-19. And here are my symptoms, or here are, you know, whatever question you have. And that number is 877-978-6543. Well, hey, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for uh, for giving us some. And I know you're probably kind of working around the clock, so take care of yourself as well. Thanks so much, Neil. I appreciate y'all letting me share the information. Hey, last thing, Jack, did he get the kicking yep. leg from you or Ray? Well, who do you think? Uh, you know us both. Who do you think? I'm going to bet on you. You better bet on me <laughs> all day long. Y'all have a great you one. You too. Take, Take care, care of yourself. Bye. Thanks, Robin. Okay, bye-bye. 
Oxford Mayor Robin Robin Tannehill joining us there on the uh, show. Appreciate that time because, like like Neil said, that was that was about fifteen seconds of notice. So that was uh, that was very very quick. Ten to fifteen. We yeah, it was not long. So um, information there. Uh, appreciate that and uh, worked out well because we sat down and we said, "What well, are going to talk about today?" And we said, "We have absolutely no idea. We'll figure it out." And there you go. Things come together sometimes. There you go. Sometimes so, you so, just yeah. just got to keep the faith, right? Yeah. Neil and his huge social contacts, his Rolodex, when he pulls it out over there, he goes, you know what? I know everybody. I can get anybody That's on the right. phone. We That's start me. pulling through. We said, hey, let's let, let's go this route and let's do this. So, I've got a few contacts. Yeah. You know. Might, be, might not go anywhere, but I know people. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm... I'm, I'm scatterbrained today. Today's today is the first day where I'm not I'm not stir crazy or anything, but I'm yeah. just I'm not processing thoughts well today. Yeah, you're not either. So we're, well, we're, we're, no, we're just I'm, getting through this. I'm uh today's the first day that I've kind of worried about the kids a little bit, my kids. So I'm sure it's your kids too, everybody out there. Um, this is just such a like you know I don't I don't, I don't throw her under the bus or but like Campbell's been home for a week now and. She misses her friends. I get it. She misses her routine. She'd gotten into a... We're all this way. I mean, you know, everybody misses their their stuff, being able to go do what they do. Um, and when you can't replace it, that's hard. You know, it's... Like you and I talked about a minute ago, we're one week into this. I mean, I don't... What'd she say? Best case was four to six? I mean, God, you offered me four to six weeks right now. I'm like, done, sign. Oh, just take it and run. Sign me the check. Run. Frankly, I, you know, I, I think it's more than that. But it's going to be when this is over. There's going to be some mental scarring that will have happened. That uh, I think I think we'll feel the effects of for a while. Now, on the other side of it, when this is over, I think the the collective mood of people is going to be so jubilant. To have freedom again. Yeah, once this thing happens, as long as economically everybody's in even some semblance of the same shape, obviously. I mean, yeah, restaurants packed. I mean, yeah, it will. It will. It will be. There will be a collective breath. Yeah, that is taken everywhere. Sure. That. Be, like she said, Robin's word. Uh, it was same word that uh, Greg Sankey used. Is celebration. We might can let Neil play golf during this, as long as we stay six feet from him. We'll do that as some 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 fun games. We'll do that. It's from the live stream. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'll play golf. As of now, golf course is still open. I mean, I, I'll go play. I told you I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind if give me my six feet. Let me just. I go hit some balls. That actually sounds fun. Just anything to kind of get out, break up some monotony. I mean, like Robin said. I mean, parks, walks, anything, just to. You know, what it, you know what it right is today, now. right? It rained, and so you were stuck inside. You couldn't even get out and walk in your neighborhood. You couldn't walk the dogs. You couldn't do some of that, and it, I think it hits you a little bit. Well, and I couldn't get the – I mean, I had Carly Ann from 8 to 12.30 this morning, and, I mean, it was just couldn't get her out of the house. So you're figuring, okay, what am I doing with the child for, you know, a four-year-old, essentially, that I'm, yeah. I'm trying to manage this thing and make it work and, and whatnot. So uh, – I don't know. Yeah, it's it's that. Uh, real quick, Robin mentioned uh, Visit Oxford. Yes, visitoxfordms.com to find out everything, kind of ways to help that. Um, also, you get a you get, you get um, what what restaurants are doing what as far as carry out 
uh, and delivery and more curbside service. You get a little more of a list on how to uh, how to eat if you don't have a ton of groceries. And then also, um, you can go to OxfordArts.com. They're doing basically a stay-at-home festival. They're doing a lot of different things. Artists can perform different things to allow people in their homes still experience some semblance of a festival coming up with the Gottenpatoff uh, Hall Arts Council and and, uh, and those guys. Uh, Square Books Junior is doing story time every morning uh, online, so you can still uh, listen to Jill and stories and music and whatnot with uh, those guys as well. So If you live around Oxford, we, we did LBs last night. Yeah. It was great. Um it really was. The kids loved it. It was kind of relaxing to not have to cook for a night because we've been cooking, you know, every night. We don't go out a whole lot anyway. Uh, they don't advertise with us, but they they do great. Uh, the Ravine uh, this weekend has a deal, so I would suggest that if you're going to do that, you call ahead. I talked to Joel last night uh, a little bit, so if you're going to take advantage of that, you need to you need to call, put your order in, but you know. We've talked about it. I think it's and she's. I mean, Robin's right, and it's not just Oxford. It's a lot of places like Oxford. But what what makes places special are the people, especially in times like this when everybody does what they can to kind of help each other. We had nothing going on yesterday, so we basically decided to drink. We had a bourbon south that is up. Um, Neil joined us. We tested all the uh, the Old Forester whiskey row series, the eighteen seventy, the nineteen ten, the nineteen twenty. And the 1897, so you can find that on the network. Um, I saw verbal taped with Zach and Neil will be up here in a minute as well. So uh, you have some more podcasts for your perusal as we uh, just try to make it through this thing. Whatever we uh, whatever we can do to uh, entertain one another, inform one another, um, have a couple cocktails in the afternoon. It kind of is what it is right now. So we're uh, doing that here on the uh, on the site and more. You've got a you got a mailbag. Uh, up still from the week we i guess we've talked about that since uh since it went live but i'm saying my food there. for thought went up today talked about will we have a football season andy kennedy the new coach so you UAB. really you, you really you know trying to lift everybody's spirits trying to be real uplifting you know what positive though? and things. you know what, know what it is I'm, I'm telling you what it is i'm trying to tell people you're we're going to have to give up some of our spring to have a fall i'm, I'm trying, trying to, do, to scare people into admission submission at this point well if you won't have a football season, won't scare people down here, then nothing will. It's true to that, isn't there? Right? I tell you, hey, there's a risk that you won't have a football season. That's going to scare you straight. I mean, I quoted Greg Sankey, who's commissioner of the Southeastern Conference. We can all do the conspiracy stuff. It's whatever. He, he's very informed. Read the quotes. Read the quotes. I can tell you there are college football coaches out there who are uh, skeptical. They they're hoping. I've seen people complain. I got I can't remember who did it today. I resisted the urge to attack him on Twitter. Boy, it's going to be really sloppy football. You know, no spring. Players are going to be a little out of shape. <laughs> Not going to have as much time. It's going to mean sloppy offense. And you just want to come in and go, you you do understand any football is better than no football. You can't on one hand go, oh, boy, this XS, XFL is awesome, and then say, well, college football is going to be a little – give me a break. It's football. Whatever. It's football. It's a place to gather. It's all of those things. It's football. You, you can't – if – if that doesn't motivate people to do what we have to do over the next 
12 to 14 weeks, then I don't, I don't know what, what is other than human decency and surviving. But you and I have both been out a little bit. Do you feel like it is getting better with more people paying attention as the days move on? I think so. I think people are, because we talked about how Friday was scary with the lack of attention to it. Yeah. Friday and Saturday. A week ago. Yeah. Six days ago. Yeah. I think so. I think people are doing more responsible things. I still think there's a certain element of the population that refuses to believe the the ramifications of this. You know, we're you know, like we had to tell ours, you know, you, you, you can't do certain things because if you bring it home to us, something happens to one of us, that impacts your life. I mean, I'm fifty years old. According to statistics, I'm overweight. So that gives me an underlying health condition. You know, what I think someone one of the, I think it was uh chess in our on our message board who would who was a medical person said, you know, I'd have like a three point four percent chance of dying. Now is that a huge number? No, but it's it's not one percent either. And it's not one tenth of one percent, which is the odds I'd have of dying of the flu. Well, it's what I told you the other day, and then we talked about it again yesterday for a minute when we finished the bourbon salad. We were all still sitting in the same room together. Look, you don't want anything to happen to anybody. You pray that this is not something that turns into some issue. But as long as there's recovery and no issue from it, Sean Payton get coronavirus probably a positive as far as other people finally listening. You need people of, of notoriety to get it for them maybe to go, oh, okay, let's, yeah. let's, 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 you know, again, use some nuance here, people. I'm not saying it's good. Sean Payton has coronavirus. I'm just saying there is a certain scariness when it's somebody like that that, that, that does, that does get it. Well, I mean, many ways, it was one of the reasons why, to his credit, Kevin Durant came out. The Nets weren't going to out Kevin Durant as one of the four people with coronavirus. He, he he called the athletic and told him himself, hey, you can get this. I mean, is Kevin Durant going to die from coronavirus? No. But people that think they can't get it and therefore become a carrier and pass it around to people who can die, I mean, Sean Payton's risk of this being complicated for him is much higher than it is for Kevin Durant or for Marcus Smart, who came out yesterday as having it. Did you watch that Instagram of uh, Heather McMahon? Heather McMahon. I haven't yet. It's, no. it's so good. I did see you put that in there. I was, it was surprised. Great. I, I mean, laughed. Her tour's canceled. We might get her on the podcast. I know some people that know her. Really? Yeah, She's yeah, a yeah. genius. Yeah. I know some people that know her. I we love her, like man. She is so funny. Really? You oh, like God. Huge fan. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's Her, her barefoot Contessa was spot on. It was so good. I didn't know you were. You oh were, yeah, yeah. I love Heather McMahon. She's so really? funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes me laugh. I mean, she is so good. Her her sense of humor is just spectacular. Okay. Uh, again, guys, today's a. If there's ever been a Friday podcast, today is that Friday podcast where we're just whatever. Um, we did uh, start our uh, our simulations, our bracket today yeah. for our uh, for our games. Might even get some betting lines in a minute. I mean, who knows? I mean, got got some craziness. So, I've even, so let me get this right: the 2011 team came back to win a game. They did. Yes. Yeah, I got, I got issues. You act like that 2005 team was the 85 Bears. Well, I didn't cover them. Okay, and so I'm not. This familiar. is Eddie O in year one. 
Yeah, year I, one. Yeah, I know, but I covered that 2011 team, and they weren't coming back. But to this wasn't anybody. November. Okay. That Vanderbilt game was in September, Chase. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I don't want to out you here, but <laughs> we covered that. Game. On the same. On the on the other hand, we were there. That was not Thanksgiving weekend, pal. 2005 Ole Miss football, though. Hold on. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. This, this is this is this is not peak Alabama we're dealing with here. Their wins were Memphis ten to six. Yeah. The Citadel they didn't score thirty points. Okay. And they beat Kentucky thirteen to seven. That was it. Okay. I mean, there's there's really nothing even else on this thing. They did play Alabama really well, and because for whatever reason, Orgeron could scare Alabama those three years. I don't know. I don't get it, but it happened. That's more an indictment on Mike Shula than it is anything else. I yeah. think. But nonetheless, they lost to they lost to Wyoming by double digits at home. Just saying. Let's not act like Vanderbilt lost. Yeah, I know, but that twenty eleven team, if it fell behind someone Sylvester Sylvester Croom and State beat them thirty five to fourteen. Ooh. Bryson Rose kicked five field goals, including a 50-yarder, and they erased a 19-point fourth-quarter deficit. Yeah. Again, I have my issues. Well, look, they're probably done. They play 2015 next. <laughs> yeah, I just... If they win that one, I need to just stop and because it breaks the system, and we need, yeah, to, we, need to, yeah. we, need, we need to call it a day. I've actually already ran that game. I'm not going to give it away, but I've, I've already... The line on that game would be something like... It'd be 35. 30, I was going to say somewhere between 31 and a half to 33 points. You think so? Yeah. Somebody said they were a 28-point underdog to LSU in 2011. Or 30, sorry, yeah, 31, I think. Why didn't I take that money? Felt Would have felt good about that? I got yelled at that night. Remember that? Was that the night? That was the night that the SIDs yelled at me because they were behind me. And uh, was it Stout through the interception that got returned? It was the first play of the game. Like the, one of the first right? plays of the game, and I said, this because they'd been doing that. This is Ole Miss football, and I said, "This is Ole Miss oh, football." Oh, that's right. And I was told to shut up. Yeah, that was that's probably one of the few times you actually deserved it a little bit. Yeah, maybe that was that was probably everybody was a little high strung at that moment. Yeah, and it was well. Yeah, so 2005 is gone. I'm really glad I did the play in game because it's not like anybody's going to miss one of those teams anyway. Right? Does it? Does it really? And matter. we got nothing but time. Oh, look. Yeah, I mean, Randall Mackey was 19-32 for 271, two scores, two picks. Michael Spurlock, 22-36 of 36 for 245, uh, two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, Jamez Logan and Vince Sanders caught some touchdown passes uh, in this one. 28-27, the final for, uh, for this game. So, our first-round matchups. Okay. We got 2015 Ole Miss playing number two, 2011 Ole Miss. Okay. Yeah. Couldn't get a bigger mismatch if you could try. Not no mismatch. I mean, if Chad Kelly doesn't throw for 350, I've got questions. Yeah. Got a lot of questions. Uh, the winner of that game will face either 2012 Ole Miss, the 7 and 6 Hugh Freeze team, or the 2017 Ole Miss team that went 6 and 6 but was not eligible due to probation under Matt Luke. That team gets to play against Hugh Freeze. They do, yes. Ooh, if you add the emotional element to that, I know where my money you is. You think they might have a shot here. Oh, they destroy That's them. the one thing I need with this what-if sports is I need like a an intangible meter to yeah. like move moods on this thing a little bit. That's what I don't have that I really could use. Oh, that team, had it gotten a shot at Hugh Freeze, look the, out. Oh, you think they would have? Gone for the throat. Really? Yes. Come on, you covered it too. Now, the, 
they can't beat that 12 team though I think I think that 12 team wins that game a line on that who game would you rather have a quarterback Jordan Tamu or Bo well, I'd rather have Hugh Freeze calling my plays than Phil Longo that's true especially 2012 Hugh Freeze yeah that, that that's my issue there Wesley McGriff or Dave Womack is that 12 team going to be able to guard DK and AJ and Dawson? going to be a challenge. We're just going to, all you got to do is cover. All you got to do is, is, is the out. I mean, they're just going to run deep every play. And Dawson doesn't get passes anyway. They can leave him wide open in the middle of the field. So when you put that in, do you just tell DK to get open? All I can do on this is change the offense and defensive uh, strategies in, in, in playbooks. Okay. I could. I need to make sure it's favored pass because they definitely favored the pass. I need to go favored yes. pass on that team. Yes. But that's uh yeah that's all I got there. I don't know. But I I, I like the twelve team to win. I think they're going to advance uh, out of that. We'll uh we'll go through the rest of these in a minute because we have nothing else to talk about. So hang in with us. I will tell you though, if you're injured and not sure where to go, no matter where you are, special orthopedic group has you covered with three convenient locations in Tupelo, Oxford, and New Albany. No referral is needed to schedule an appointment with one of SOG's fellowship trained subspecialized surgeons in any one of the three locations with 24 hour scheduling. SOG makes it easy to accommodate. You call seven six seven. 4200 or request an appointment on their website at www.sogms.com. Special orthopedic group. Choose a specialist. Choose SOG. We're also brought to you by Bluff City Advisory Group. They're dedicated to building the future you desire. Founded in Memphis in 2019, their team is comprised of, indiv- of established and seasoned financial experts who came together to serve individuals and families of their beloved hometown. The firm is built on decades of wealth management experience, and they've seen it all. Their financial advisors have a reputation for professional excellence, and their clients rely on their high level of confidence and integrity. So whether you need guidance on developing a financial plan, creating a customized executive benefits program for your business, or preparing a detailed asset allocation analysis, Bluff City Advisory will provide forward-thinking and cost-effective investment strategies customized to uniquely fit each client. Give them a call, 901-365-3447, or email Ben, that's B-E-N, at bluffcityadvisory.com. We're also brought to you by Oxford University Bank. OUB gives you the comfort of home, all the big mega banks, all the benefits the big mega banks provide, but all with a personal touch. They're home to Casasa. It's the absolute best cash checking account. When you call Casasa, you get 2.5% interest on your balance, up to $50,000 and refund ATM fees. Nationwide, they also have a commercial checking account now paying 1% interest as long as you keep $10,000 in the account comes with fully interactive online banking. To learn more about OUB, check out liveoxfordbankoxford.com or call 662-234-6668. OUB is FDIC insured. And we're brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, that's the place to go. Grenada Nissan has a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. And we're brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. When this is over and it's time to get out of your house and celebrate uh, freedom, celebrate the end of the uh, coronavirus, you want to go get a vacation that uh, you'll enjoy that will create a lifetime of unique memories. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. All you do is you tell John, hey, here's what I want to do. Here's uh, here's the budget. 
Here's kind of what I'd like to do. Here's how many days, et cetera, et cetera. Give him some parameters. He'll give you options you won't find on your own. And if you tell him that you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast, you'll get $50 off your first booked fee, book trip. Podcast brought to you by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphisoto County, and Chattanooga. They're a leader in the condo financing. They've got the float down option, which is a pretty big deal right now with the rates all over the place. You don't know what you're getting, so you can lock in your current rate. But if they go down, you just get that lower rate, 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. So that's one quarter of the uh, the bracket that is remaining. And then on the uh, the second quadrant, the 2019 team, they went 4-8 and eight here this past season. The last time we've seen a football game. They will face off against the, the uh, let's see, is that right? Yeah, against the number five seed. They will see the 2009 Ole Miss team that got up to number four in the country and then uh, had a lot of, uh, frankly, had a lot of head case issues. Couldn't really handle it. They, uh, they kind of freaked out a little bit. That was the team that at one point True TV was going to come and do like a hard knocks kind of thing on them. And Houston Nutt ended up scrapping it late in the – Late in the deal there before it got started. There it was, were warning signs. Oh, that August. there was the, the the peak was uh, Jevin Sneed and Davern Geralds on Sports Illustrated, and it kind of went downhill from there. Yeah, you, you could tell in fall camp there were a lot of national people there, and and Houston was tight. Houston, who had been so loose in '08, was so tight in '09. And Houston, was, Houston always did better, kind of being the forgotten underdog guy. He had a hard time as a front runner. He's not a front runner. No, no, he's he's a sneak up on you underdog. Yeah, that O nine team needed a front runner, and he was uh, he was he was not it. Because I mean, they had a lot of guys back. I mean, I understand why they were ranked where they were. I mean, it made sense. But yeah, had good players. You know, thought Jevin was going to take off, and he regressed that season. Just a lot going. on. They didn't on. protect Jevin as well in O nine no. as they did in O eight. They didn't get Dexter the ball. Not consistently. And when they did it, it worked. But sometimes they would get away from it. One of the more baffling games I've ever seen is that Auburn game in 09 where they went right down the field, they scored, they went up 7 nothing, and like even Auburn riders around us were like, oh, this is about to be an ass-kicking. Yeah. And then Auburn just rolled them from there. They just quit. Just didn't do anything. Weird game. It was a really strange game. So that's a – that is a 5-12 matchup there. Um, the winner of that will face number four seed 2003, the Eli Manning Cotton Bowl team, or the number 13 seed, the 2004 Ole Miss team that was David Cutcliffe's final season, Eli facing the uh, the team that he left after he uh, went for the Giants. I I would feel very confident laying at least 20 points in this game if I could, uh, if I, yeah. if I could gamble on it. Yeah. This feels very 34-10 kind of deal, something – Something in that in, in that standpoint, um, Eli will not want to run it up. Run it up on Coach Cutcliffe. Of course. Thing. What would you do line wise that 2009 Ole Miss team versus this past Ole Miss team that we saw? What are we doing there? 09 versus 19. this past team. I don't know how this past team scores. No, 09 is a, is a prohibitive favorite. I would I would be willing to put the line somewhere around seventeen and a half, maybe okay. even a little higher. Okay, somewhere between seventeen and a half and nineteen and a half is because my who's guess. motivated? Because if that if that two thousand nine defense is motivated and cares, you got some issues. Yeah, the the nineteen offense, and I realize this is a hot button topic, so I'm being careful here. <laughs> is so one dimensional offensively that I don't think it works against that team. Okay. They're going to take the run away, make them throw, and I don't think the 19 team can throw. 
I'll buy that. And I apologize to everyone that is now offended by that comment. I, I know that some will. There's a few things more polarizing than that particular topic. That is one, though, that is polarizing. Very. Isn't it? Very. That, 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 that gets it done. So those are matched up as we uh, as we move down the bracket. Where do I have my, uh, my thing here? Okay. Uh, the final portion, I guess we have three left, actually, is the winner of that game will face the uh, 11 seed, the 2010 Jeremiah Masoli team, or the 2013 Music City Bowl team. We talked about this the other day. It's a sneaky good matchup. I could see this going either way. If you told me Masoli pulled the upset, I wouldn't be stunned. Mm. You think it's a little more of a 13 deal here? Yeah, I, I like the 13 team in this game. It's it's not it's not nasty, but nine and a half points. Masoli's a really good player. He'll keep them in it. But there's not enough there. The game that I skipped, sorry, a minute ago, the three versus 14 game, this is going to be just a killing. It's the Ed Orgeron 2006 team that went four and eight in the SEC facing that 2008 Cotton Bowl team that uh, some people argue should be the at least the two seed and maybe have a chance to win this whole thing. So I think they'll skirt through. The line on this game would be at least 22, 23 points. There's no, uh, there's, there's, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. That's a, that's a complete and utter yeah. mismatch. Um, that was the, let's see, 2006. That would have been a Seth Adams, Brent Schaefer team quarterback, I think, if I have that right. See, I was covering the league as a whole at this point, yeah. and Ole Miss was so bad that you I never saw them. them. Much. I never saw them. I didn't do anything on them. I didn't, I didn't write about them. I would observe how bad they were and talk about it because we talked about the whole league. That's Which, a good quarter draw to get into the um, – I guess 16, 8, to get to the Final Four, frankly, for that 2018. They would only have to beat that 2006 team I talked about and then either that 10 or that 13 team. That's a really good draw there. for the That is a good draw for them. They have to be happy. Yeah, they have to be happy. Houston feels good about getting at least one entry into the Final Four of this bracket. Yeah, Houston's going to make the Final Four. Yeah, I think, uh, I think so. And then your, uh, your final quadrant that will send uh, a team is the 2016 Ole Miss team versus the 2018 Ole Miss team. Ooh. They uh, they both went five and seven. The sixteen team is far better. Um, this is the Chad Kelly injury. The, oh yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. This yeah. is that team. This this team actually. Uh, this team's got a shot <laughs> to get out of this thing. I, mean, I, I really think so. What sixteen versus eighteen? To start this the is, thing. This is as poorly coached a football game as we. <laughs> so I shouldn't see. <laughs> I, I, everybody's mad at me. I'm already pissing people off. This is this, this is this this is not two coaching masterpieces going against one another. <laughs> <laughs> this game's going to be badly coached. There's some there's some truth there. That is a good point. A couple of these past run defenses have been so bad where they're facing pretty good backs. I mean, this thing could. Yeah. Could spiral from a run defense standpoint for a couple of these. Programs. I kind of feel sorry for the computer a little bit because it can't it can't put it all in there and really get a feel. We need for more the controls. Fabric. Yeah. We, we need we need more controls. That's what we need. Yeah. So uh, the sixteen team should move on, and then uh, in another complete mismatch because I I covered both of these teams. Uh, the 2014 Ole Miss Peach Bowl team that would have Laquan Treadwell healthy, that would have everybody in place for this game, they will, they will face the final Ed Orgeron team that went 0-8 in the SEC in 2007. Dear Th- God. This seriously could be one of those 35 to nothing. I don't know how the 07 team scores because that 14 team led the country in scoring defense. Yeah. 
No. It could really stop the run, and none of Ed Orgeron's teams could pass. So this this is this is as much of a mismatch of anything not named that 15 against the 11. Really remarkable how much Ed Orgeron has come from there. I mean, who, there's just no one on that day in 2000. Seven. in your head day when it was all over and no one could have possibly predicted that no one oh, he's one heck of a success story it's amazing i'm not gonna give it away but i'm gonna go ahead and run that game right now because i'm just curious what the score is we have nothing else to do and i say i'm gonna give it away like there's like suspense or something like it's freaking matters what difference does it make 2014 old miss is what we're doing yeah yeah okay we could really play some really bad games, like play the 11 Ole Miss team against the 08 State team. I, we could, don't, hey, it's just March. We have time. <laughs> I'm actually going to do this with basketball next. I can get back to the 2000 season with Ole Miss basketball, so we'll run through some of uh, One of the things I was going to get you to do with basketball was to give Ole Miss a win in that LaSalle, LaSalle game. And play it out. And, and play it happens. out and see how far they would have gone. Well, I can do it in a minute. Who, who would they play next? Gonzaga? Wich- Wichita State. Oh, it was Wichita. They beat yeah. Gonzaga. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll do it in a minute. Just give me a second. So this is the 14 team. Is that what I'm doing? Yeah. The site that you're using is called What If Sports, right? That is correct. Yeah, so we're doing we're doing 2014 Ole Miss against 2007 Ole Miss is what we're doing right here. We'll just go ahead and run this thing. 2007. Sorry, it's taking me a second. Set the home. They can both be balanced. We're going to play the neutral field because that'll that'll matter a lot. Let's not give them any weather. We don't need weather in this thing. Okay, I'll buy that. <clears throat> you go ahead and go through it, or are you going to save it for the site? That I mean, particular game? Yeah. Oh, let's do it. It's 2014 against 2007. Yeah, there's not it. a lot of suspense on this one. The 2014 Ole Miss team, what would your line have been before we do this? Uh, 14. Um, 27 and a half. The uh, 2014 team would have covered your line. Okay. The 2014 Ole Miss Rebels, 49. The 2007 Ole Miss Rebels, 10. 49 Ooh. to 10 in this wow. one. Um, I'm more shocked the 2007 team scored 10 points than I am anything else. Well, they might have scored the makeup. No, they were they, they were only down 21 to 10 at halftime. Oh, wow. And then uh, it went un, it, it came unglued in the, uh, in the second Freeze half. Freeze didn't have them ready out of the gate. Is that what it was? They overlooked them. Overlooked got a little them. slow. Yeah. Um, Bo Wallace, eleven yard run, put him up seven nothing. Josh Sheen did add a field goal, so it went seven three. And then Markel Pack and Octavius Mathers scored touchdowns to push it to twenty one three. Brent Schaefer had a ten yard run to pull it to twenty one to ten. And then the second half, it was all two thousand fourteen. Vince Sanders with a score twenty eight to ten. Jordan Wilkins with eleven yard run thirty five to ten. Mark Dodson got in in mop up time for a seven yard run. And then Quincy Adeboyjo caught a pass in the fourth quarter, 49-10, for the uh, the final score there. Seth Adams had a really rough day, and they really tried to throw the football against that 2014 team, which makes some sense because you couldn't run on them. You forget that. You yeah. might as well try to throw it. Yeah. Seth Adams, 13 of 45 Oof. for 183 yards and a, and a pick. It's a day he'd like to forget. Yeah, that's not good. Bo Wallace, a very uh, somewhat efi- or pretty efficient, 22 of 34. 276, three touchdowns, no interceptions yeah. for uh for Mr. Mr. Wallace, and they will move on in our uh, in our in our bracket here. Sneaky uh, underrated yeah. player. Oh. I mean Freeze, I have been trumpeting that for years. Freeze called him the most important recruit of his time here. It's way up there. I mean we there's only one that I would put up to contend with him. Kim Dichie? Pierce Burton. Oh, you think it's Pierce? 
Who's got that? What happens to that line if they don't have him? Oh, it's just a nightmare. This actually looks a lot like that 07 game I covered because Ben Jarvis was pretty good. And he went 17 for 129, broke a couple runs, but they just did nothing else. They had they had nothing. Uh, Mathers got the most carries. No, sorry. Joe and Walton got the most carries. They, they, they kind of spread it around pretty good. And then speaking of underrated players, Vince Sanders, four catches, 70 yards, and a score. So I need to get a link here so I don't lose this game. So let me do that real quick while we're uh, – why we're doing this? I'll pay a couple of bills while you do okay. it. Brought to you by uh, the Weston Jackson. It's home to Soul Spa. Also home to Estelle Wine Bar and Bistro. It's a Marriott property in downtown Jackson. If you are staying in Jackson, needing to work in Jackson, highly recommend the Weston Jackson in downtown Jackson. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle Trust. Pinnacle Trust is also home to four, the Pinnacle Trust 401k advisory services team. When uh, you work with the 401k advisory services team, you get gain, I can't even talk today, a valuable advisory team and time-saving resource that will help you develop and maintain a solid strategy for your retirement plan. So give them a call and they'll conduct a complimentary, no obligation, benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. Mention you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the Oxford Exxon podcast, you get 10% off your first year's fees. And we're brought to you by Nest and Wild. Sleep better with a Nest and Wild mattress. Nest and Wild is a Mississippi-based mattress company making a high-quality mattress delivered right to your door. They make buying a new mattress easy. Every Nest and Wild is one foot thick, giving you comfort and support that will last. A lot of online brands sell an 8-inch or 10-inch mattress with less support and durability. Not Nest and Wild. From the twin size to the California King, every Nest and Wild is one foot thick, 100% American-made. Pricing is fantastic as well, and it's a no-risk decision. (laughs) Nest and Wild believes in their product so much that they're offering a 99-night trial. On every mattress so try it out sleep on it for 99 nights if you don't like it you can return it go to nestandwild.com order your mattress use the podcast code rebel 20 and get 20 percent off your purchase your mattress will arrive at your door in three to five days so i ran this game and i don't believe this would have been the score okay had old miss routing them wichita yeah that's what they thought really yeah They've got Ole Miss winning only up one and a half and then just bombing them in the second half. Had them winning the game 81-61. There was a uh, – I'll never forget it. Between games, Ole Miss had beaten Wisconsin. They were getting ready to play LaSalle. And I can't remember which assistant it was. might have been Bill. I can't remember. They were worried about LaSalle and looking at the rest of their bracket, and they thought if they won that game – they thought they had a legitimate, real, substantial chance to make the Final Four. Really? Yeah. Yeah, looking at it here. Um, pull that bracket up. Had Henderson with 15, Buckner with 15, Summers with 14, Holloway with 13, Nick Williams uh, chipped in nine, and Derek Millinghouse chipped in nine for the Rebels. Yeah, 81-61, the, uh, the winner here. Okay, so if Ole Miss had beaten – um, pulling it up. Had Ole Miss beaten um, uh, those guys, they would have played. Looking for the West Regional. I'm trying to find the bracket. Here we go. No, this is not great, but I'm working on it. It's they, they would have played. I just quickly ran this thing seven times. Okay. And Ole Miss went four and three in the seven games. 
Okay, against Wichita? Uh, yeah, I just quickly just hit the button, hit the button, hit the button, and looked at scores. So trying to th- see who got out. What do you need, the 2013 NCAA tournament? Yeah, okay, here we go. I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay. Took me a minute. Yep. So Ole Miss would have played Wichita State. Yep. And had it won, it would have played Ohio State. Ohio State. Ohio State beat Arizona 73-70. to Wichita beat LaSalle 72-58. to Almost would have played Ohio State in the Elite Eight in the Staples Center in Los Angeles. The first run through was Ohio State winning 77-68. Okay. We'll run it a couple more times just for the heck of it. Has Ole Miss winning 71-67. Okay. Ohio State 91-87. Okay. Ole Miss 84-79. Two to two in the seven-game series. Okay. Ole Miss 89-84. Three to two. Rebels a win away from the final four. Ohio State 80-66. Oh, my God. We're going to have a game seven. seven. See you tomorrow night. 73-65 Buckeyes. Okay. So that that's the end of it right there. Ohio State knocking them out in Game Seven. Holloway with sixteen. They uh, they were for probably, fun. They were for probably undone by Marshall having a really off night. For fun, put them against Louisville in a national semifinal. That's a, that feels like a stretch. Let's just see what that looks like. Louisville beat Wichita State seventy-two to sixty-eight in the final four. They did. Okay, Louisville. I wish this thing went back a couple more years to get like a couple of those Keith Carter teams in when I run this bracket for, for Ole Miss. Because there's a lot of average to bad basketball teams yeah. in this stretch. Yeah. All right, Ole Miss against Louisville. Louisville ended up going 26-5. and five. They won the national title. Oh, they did? Yeah, okay. they, they beat Wichita State and then beat Michigan in the national title game. 89-79 Louisville. Okay. 87-68. So Louisville's significantly better. 72-65 Louisville. Okay, so they're about to sweep them. 95-77 Louisville. Okay. Yeah, so we've, we've, we've found a much better team as we're doing this uh, this bracket. But that was the thing. They thought if they beat LaSalle, they had a legitimate shot to get to the Final Four, and the computer says they're right. They and uh, Ohio State would have been an even matchup, according to the computer. Yeah, I have no way to do baseball matchups against one another. The uh, the what if sports does not uh, does not filter college baseball teams. I, I I'm sorry. And you got some bad issues and some ball issues. I mean, got a lot of stuff going on here. So it is what it is. In basketball, nobody's using peach baskets, so we're able to. Does it go back to 2003? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Run the 2003 World Series if the Cubs hadn't lost the Bartman game. Oh, God. You really want to do this? Cubs-Yankees. Okay, hold on. 2003 World Series. You want MLB? Yep. That would be preferable if you're going to find out who wins the Cubs-Yankees series. <laughs> okay, 2003. All right, hold on. 2003. Home team, away team, you care? Are we going to split them, uh, it would have been, them out uh, or what? What are we going to yeah, do? Yeah, we'd have to swap them out. It would have started okay. in uh, – We can do that. Games one and two, we're going to be in New York. Three, okay, four, and five. We're doing Cubs, Yankees, right? Cubs, Yankees. Games one and two in New York. Three, four, and five in Chicago, and then six and seven in New York. All right, give me one second. Oh, I can even like go back and pull in like New York Highlanders and stuff like that. Oh, wow. I can go back as far as you want to go in this puppy. I bet we're boring people to tears right now. I'm absolutely fascinated with what this is going to do, dude. It's it's 
what, what, what else we got? I mean, March the twentieth. And there's, I mean, when I say no sports, there's literally no sports. We have nothing to cover. It's not like we used to go, hey, there's nothing on. No, there's no, seriously, there's, nothing seriously, there's nothing on. All right, Chicago Cubs, two thousand three set. Yankees, two thousand three set. Uh, who's pitching game one? Uh, it would have been. My options are Clement, Wood, Zambrano, Pryor, and Estes. It would have. I mean, been, we're gonna do uh, it. it would have been. No, it would have been Wood. Wood would have gone game one. Okay. And then I can find who the Yankees pitched. Do you want? On. Do you really want to really get this? If we're yep, gonna do yep, this. Yep. Two thousand three World Series. Let's find out who the Yankees pitched. How many games did that go? That went Yankees? six. Marlins won in six. Okay. You're aware of that? Yeah. <laughs> they, did you watch World Series games? No, I didn't watch any of it. Uh, game one, I had to go to Atlanta, thank God, to cover something, and it was on in the hotel bar and I left. Really? And then game six, the night the Marlins won it, I was covering a football game in Tuscaloosa, and it was on all the damn TVs after we were you know, post-game working. Driving you crazy. And it was just, just infuriating. Really? Yeah. Uh, all right, this is game one. It Prior would have been, is what is said on the on the on the live chat. No, prior prior through he pitched game six. Okay, so it doesn't matter. He pitched the Bartman game. So if the Cubs had won it, would right, my, my, my rotation for the Yankees? I have Clemens, Pettit, Messina, Wells, and Weaver. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm pulling up boxes. I know this is boring as hell, but uh, David Wells was the starter in game one. Okay. Wood Wells at home team. Five one Cubs. Okay. So game two would have been. You don't need any details, I assume. No. Kerry uh-uh. Wood did go seven innings, allowed three hits, one run. Yeah. Struck out ten. He would have been a badass. Yeah. Game so. two would be Zambrano versus Pettit in New York. Okay. Can do that easily. At home team, play again. Five four Yankees. All right. Game three would be uh, Pryor versus Messina, I believe, in Chicago. Okay, I got to swap the home and away. So just give me one second. New York Yankees, two thousand three away team. Change the home team to the Cubs. Two thousand three set. Set. Um, there's no designated hitter, as you're aware of. Home yes. team. And now, sorry, who are the pitchers? Mike Messina okay. and Mark Pryor. Okay. 5 nothing Cubs. So we're up 2-1. to one. Uh, Game four. four, the Cubs would have had to go with Matt Clement. And the Yankees would have started Roger Clemens. Two one Cubs. Oh, so we just won the World Series. All right, Game Five would still be in Chicago. I mean, dude, we would be we'd be talking about Matt Clement to this day because in this in this simulation, he goes eight innings and allows one run on three hits. He was excellent in the playoffs. I mean, he would have been. Yeah, this would have been like that thing. We're yeah. still I'd going. Still hey, have, I'd still have the jersey. Uh, game Five in Chicago. Can you imagine what that night would have been like? Game Five in Chicago would be David Wells again against. Carrie Wood. Wells and Wood. Okay. Play the game. In a route, the Chicago Cubs win the World Series 12-4. 12-4. 
They uh, the Cubs score and even better. You you could have you wouldn't have calmed down because you never would have calmed down no matter what. The Cubs put up an eight spot in the first inning. Oh, it would have been so game. good. God. The Yankees scored one in the top of the first, went up one nothing. The Cubs responded with an eight spot in the uh, in the bottom of the first. They scored one in the second. They scored one in the fourth, one in the sixth, one in the eighth. And the Yankees scored three in the ninth, but that was obviously irrelevant. Going into the ninth, the Cubs up 3-1 in the World Series were up 12-1 to in the top of the ninth inning. Can you imagine what Wrigley would have been like at that moment? I mean, just... Pandemonium. Um, Yeah, looking at it here, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I am anyway. Let me find it. Hold on. Yeah, Raul Mondesi hits a solo home run in the top of the first to put the Yankees up one nothing, And then, um, let's see, Patterson has an RBI ground out, whoever that is. Corey Patterson. Okay. Moses Alou hits a three-run homer Yep. Um, in the first inning. Grezelanik bloops a single to left center that scores Gonzalez. Sosa hits a fly ball single to score Wood, who actually had gotten on with a ground ball single to right field. Yeah, Wood hit a three-run homer in game seven That's of right. the NLCS. And then, again, Patterson hits a fly ball single to left field, scoring Grezelanik. Eight, 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 eight runs in the top of the first. See, where that's flawed is that Corey Patterson was out that at the end of that season. He had yeah. the ACL injury because Kenny Lofton was the oh, Cubs really? center fielder. In that yeah, I could have adjusted all that, but we're not, I was not yeah. going to that level. So, of. Uh... Anyway. You good now? Yep. I always kind of knew how bad that was. <laughs> Are you? If we want to really torture our people, we could run some simulations of Ole Miss if they had that beaten 15. Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> just for this. Just wanted to just hey, let's just beat the hell out of you all. Because that would do it. That's yeah. Because that's that Arkansas game is my Bartman game. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, just, your heart's ripped out of your chest, and there's just nothing. Every you can Ole Miss do about sport it. has one of those. It's Arkansas for that. If it's not LSU in 03, but I think the 15 thing was more significant than 03. Um, it's Virginia baseball in 09, and then it's uh, it's it's LaSalle basketball. Avery says no, stop it, and then Sammy says do it. Some people just have a a taste for self-mutilation well who would they played in the SEC championship games Florida. Florida but it's a Florida without Will Greer yeah so you'd all have to, have to probably have to go really in there tinker with you'd it. have to tinker with Florida a little bit might be something we do in maybe another day we can do it. hell we can do it now I don't care I mean we have time other days as well but yeah just let me see how complicated it is let's okay. let me just look and then we'll go from there I don't I don't know how difficult this is or is not because you can play with 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 this kind of thing but let's see 2015 Ole Miss Set them. They're fine. Yep, that's fine. Florida. Florida whipped Ole Miss early that year in Gainesville. They did. Now, there was no Laramie Tunsil in that game, and Will Greer was really good. Yeah, I can I can edit the depth chart. I can't remember who their quarterback was. Trayon Harris. Oh, geez, Ole Miss wins that game so easily. <laughs> that's what I've got here. I've got Trayon Harris playing quarterback for this team. I can find it. Let's see. 2015 SEC championship game. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I just ran the game. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll guess. Okay. Ole Miss uh, 27, uh-huh. Florida 10. 30 to nothing. 30 to nothing. Holy 30 to shit. nothing. Wonderlook field goal, Walton eight-yard run, Stringfellow a seven-yard pass, Wonderlook from 35, Wonderlook from 33, and then in the fourth quarter, Jalen Walton a 44-yard breakaway run 
um, in the game. Trayon Harris went 8 of 23 for 120 yards. Chad Kelly did not have a big day, but they ran all over him and it didn't really matter. So, so yes, 30 to nothing. So that would have put Ole Miss in the, uh, in the playoffs. We're having this debate. We can have it now again. Why not? I think Ole Miss would have absolutely gotten in. You do think they were in? Absolutely. Likely as the four seed, I'll, but in. Because they would have had two losses. The Memphis loss would have been one that we would have talked a lot about. Nationally, people would have talked a lot about it. They would have said, how can you take – here would the argument would have been, how can you take a two-loss team that lost to Memphis and put them in? The flip argument would be, wait, they won a conference championship. They won at they beat Alabama. In this case, won at Alabama, and Alabama's not a conference champion. The rest of that field is so it, I, either Alabama or Ohio State have to get left out. Yeah, the way I look at it, yeah, Clemson's yeah. in because they won the ACC and they were unbeaten. If I'm correct, right? Yep. And Oregon would be in correct because they had won the. Sure. I mean, I'm trying to find it because we're going to run games. Yeah. Ohio State beat Oregon. Yep. Here it is. Okay. So, no, no, no. It was Alabama was the one. Ohio State was the four. Oregon was the two. And Florida State was the three. So, Ole Miss would play Oregon in a 1 4 game if Bama's left out. Well, let's let's think about it. If Bama gets left out, Oregon would have been the one. Yeah, you're right. Oregon would have been the one. Yeah, everybody drops down one. Ole Miss is the four. Florida State would have been the two. And then either, yeah, probably they would have kept – would Ole Miss have been the three over Ohio State? Because Ohio State did not – they were not a – I just – Ole Miss has got two losses, including a loss to Memphis. I can't see them being anything but the four, especially when an SEC school is not the one. Well, they had won the Big Ten championship. They won 59 to nothing over Wisconsin for the Big 12 title. They lost – yeah, okay, so – Oregon would have been the one. I ran the Florida Ole Miss game, by the way, 10 times. Ole Miss won eight of the 10. Okay. Oregon would have been the one. Uh, Florida State, the two. So Ole Miss plays Oregon in a national semifinal game. Yeah, I'm quickly running it 10 times. Okay. Just over and over and over again. I'm keeping the score in my head. It is currently three to two Ole Miss through five. Okay. Three, three. 4-3 Ole Miss, winning 52-41 in that game. Yeah. Would have been some high-scoring – would have been a high-scoring game in all likelihood. Ole Miss wins again. They need one more. Oregon's got to win three in a row to win. A lot of pressure on the Ducks. Ole Miss, 41-34. Ole Miss wins more than Oregon does out of 10, out of 10 things. Okay, so that puts Ole Miss in the national championship game. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> we thought they'd lose and we could stop, but now we're still going. Would have put Ole Miss against Ohio State on January the 12th, 2016 for the national title. Because <laughs> Ohio State uh, Ohio State beat Alabama. I guess, Cardale Williams. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you'd have to run – just run it one time. Run Ohio State versus Florida State so we get this right. Okay. I think it's going to be easy. I think Ohio State beats Florida State pretty handedly. Thirty-one twenty-seven Buckeyes. Okay, so it's Ole Miss, Ohio State for the national championship. Okay, at a neutral field. Yeah, it would have been yeah neutral field, obviously. Okay, here we go. First run, thirty-seven twenty-three Ole Miss. Oof. 
second run. We're going to do 10. Okay. 34-24 Buckeyes. Okay, 1-1. One, 24-13 one. <laughs> Ole Miss. 2-1 reps. 23-22 Rebs. Ooh, that was a close game. 3-1. 26-16 Rebs. 4-1. Kind of feel where this is going. 40-13 Rebs. Ooh. So Ole Miss just needs one more win to win our hypothetical championship. A lot of pressure 24, on her. 24-20 Rebs. I can't, get an old, I can't find an Ohio State win. What this is also doing, though, as I'm running these, is thinking we might have just found our bracket winner in our Ole Miss game because we can't find many teams to beat yeah. this team. Remains the most – what's the word? Funer, funereal game like a – something an atmosphere like a funeral. The most funereal, funereal? Pr- post-game yeah. I can ever remember. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry in the live chat, people. I know we're just it is what it is. It's Friday though. We're just hanging out. Not I, I, I gotta go to Kroger today. I'm just kind of putting it off. Uh, so someone says FSU wasn't in the 2015 playoffs. I'm staring right at it. They lost to Oregon 59 to 20 on January 1 in the Rose Bowl. Oh, but I have my years wrong. This would have been the, the 2016. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not doing all that again. No, it's okay. You can at least tell me if there's a team that we've. It would be. I don't know. I got. I forgot that they did it that way. It's my bad. Clemson was final. Was in it this time. Yeah, because Alabama beat Clemson. Michigan State, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Alabama. That's right. Clemson was the one, so they still would have been the one. Alabama was the two. Michigan State was the three. Ole Miss would have been a prohibitive favorite over that Michigan State team, and we'll play with it on Monday with okay. the other teams. Yeah. But, yeah, Ole Miss would have beaten Michigan State. So the debate would have been who gets in, Alabama or Oklahoma. Okay, yeah. So, my fault. So. No, it's my fault. No, I, oh, I said, yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay. Um. All right, Pr- really appreciate Robin for her time. I, I know we're doing crazy stuff right now, but really and truly – Thanks to Robin for giving us a little time earlier today. We'll be back on Monday. We will have another podcast. Coverage to you throughout the week of, I don't know, something. Mailbags, whatever it is we, we have. There are no <laughs> games. So, uh, yeah, sorry. It's a tick. Uh, be safe. Wash your hands. We'll talk to you again on Monday.